This is head coach of the Tampa Bay Vipers, Mark Tressman, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is week five of the 2020 XFL season. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. We're hitting the halfway point of the regular season already, but the fun is just beginning with big games in Houston, Dallas, D.C., and L.A., This is episode 119. Week 5 has arrived, and we're going to get you set for the midway point of the XFL season. Bryant, already week 5, and lots on the line this week. We've got a a battle for first place in the East. We've got a pair of uh, one-win teams looking to stay alive and stay in the race and keep pace. Because you've been saying it, teams are still in it everywhere, top and bottom of this league. L.A. and Tampa, a big game to cap things off this weekend. I don't know. What are you looking forward to the most? For me, it has to be St. Louis and D.C. Well, that's exactly where I'm going to go, Alan, because right now, if you think about it, as bad as D.C. has been the last two weeks, they have a chance for first place after this weekend. So that's just incredible. And at home, uh, mind you, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm interested to see what happens with Dallas with no Landry Jones. I think that's going to be a great game, too. Uh, Don't sleep on those Seattle Dragons. They got some fire, pun intended. Uh, with BJ BJ Daniels at the helm now too. What a different game that's going to be from you know what you would expect with Brandon Silver's in there when Seattle has the dubious task of taking on the best team in the XFL, but now they have a different kind of quarterback in there. It could be a, a different kind of matchup, and maybe it might bode well for Jim Zorn's squad. I I don't I I just. I feel like that team we're going to be talking about we'll later on, they could beat we'll anybody. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they could beat anybody, but will they beat teams they shouldn't beat? We're going to talk about it. We're going to get you set. Like I said, this is what it's all about. Week five in the XFL. And we're going to hit up the XFL fan line in just a little bit. 72565-4XFL is the number that all of you call. We appreciate you subscribing on XFL YouTube uh, to the podcast feed, whatever podcast app you're using, and we appreciate you calling into the fan line because we love hearing you, especially if you're going to the games, coming back home from the games. A lot of people call us from the road saying, man, what a game. We're going to hear some of that. It's going to well, be a lot of fun. after you, Alan. Yes. All of our mini shows that we do on the weekend, half of them are you driving back from some sort of game. Not this uh, so weekend, man. I'm, fans. S- I'm staying here. <laughs> I'm going to be in L.A., but there's a good gap in those Sunday games, so it should be a lot of fun. A late game on Sunday uh, in L.A. It'll be a lot nine of fun. Can't wait to get to those calls, too. 9 o'clock for us on the East Coast. Oh. Are you going to be awake? I'm always awake. It's I'm awake when Jake's, I'm sleeping. It's way past, way past Jake's bedtime, though. I'm yeah, worried about him. It is, and and I don't know if he, if he even thought about that game since he's not going to watch it, but he did give us his picks. We're going to get to all of our picks, and uh, we're going to really um, – I'm going to – make a move this week i think brian to get first place in our standings that we're not even keeping track of on the show that's my goal 
Well, I know I'm one game ahead of you. That's all that matters. See, I don't even know that, but okay. I'm going to beat you this week. <laughs> At XFL Show on Twitter is where you could follow us and uh, interact with us on social media over the weekend. And uh, we appreciate all the followers we're getting there. I mean, we're getting big boosts as the season goes on and amount of people following the show on Twitter, uh, calling into the show, interacting with the show. It makes it that much more fun. And, uh, man, a long, we've come a long way from where we once were, but now we're talking football with so many different people, Bryant. It's hard to keep track, but we can't, got it. Well, we're going to do it one game at a time, I say, on this episode, and that is going in order. Saturday, we have Seattle at Houston, a 2 p.m. kickoff on ABC. Saturday at 5 p.m. on Fox, it's New York at Dallas. And then Sunday, we have the two games, St. Louis at D.C., Battle for first place in XFL East. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff on FS1. And then the Vipers, hiss, hiss, take on the LA Wildcats. 9 p.m. Eastern kickoff, like Brian said, on ESPN. And uh, really unique matchups that we are going to dive thoroughly into on this episode as we do on <laughs> This is the XFL Show. What are you laughing about? No, because you mentioned how long we've come and how and how this show and what we've done and oh. and all this. And I just remembered last week, uh, somebody I think it was P. Riley on Twitter said, "How do you guys have so many episodes?" <laughs> <laughs> See, we'll go back and listen to the archives because we've been here since day one. And the only way to make it through 119 episodes, Alan, is to stay in order. Right? Got to stay in order. order. That's what we're going to do this week. Yes, There's lots to talk about. There is, there is, and uh, a way, a good way to stay in order, Bryant. Good, good segue. You, you're, I know you're not a radio man like me, but this that was an excellent segue. You got a future in this business, kid, because that takes us right to <laughs> where we have to tell everybody about the XFL app. Because as the weekend's starting, you have to have a way to stay organized and keep everything in front of you. Make sure you know everything going on on social media. If the Dallas Renegades and Bryant get into some sort of Twitter spat, which I'm expecting this weekend, you want to see it, and you also want the latest news, transactions, injuries, all that, and it's all on the XFL app. Download the official XFL app today get real-time scores stats scoring plays plus insider videos and the latest xfl news from across the league with the latest team updates and venue information you can customize for your favorite team on the xfl app or follow all eight teams like i do at home in the stadium or on the go the xfl app is your source for everything xfl download the official xfl app for free today and that'll make it easy for you to stay in order in week five as we dink and dunk around the league. Bryant, we talked about the D.C. defenders trying to get off the schneid, welcoming the St. Louis Battlehawks, who are killing it right now, and D.C.'s going to have some changes at D.B. They waived safety Matt Elam, who led them in tackles last week in their loss, uh, has a pick on the season, was one of their leaders with NFL experience, was a draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens once upon a time. He will be replaced in the defensive backfield by Joshua Jenkins, who got the call up from Team 9 to D.C. Yeah, you know, one of the more recognizable names in the league. Uh, can't seem to stick around too long. I think he was waived to begin the season, too, Alan, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I might be mistaken there. But either way, D.C. had to make some moves. Alan, you talked about last week how they could not tackle. Tackling was a problem for this team. Defensive struggles. I mean, when you allow 39 points and then 25 points in back-to-back weeks, I mean, you got to make some changes in a short season like this. Yeah, and there there were some changes coming too because of injury that we're going to get into for DC in the defensive backfield. So that's not a great thing to have, especially when you got Jordan Tamu coming into his own for the for the Battlehawks. I mean, he 
He w- wins star of the week. We're going to praise him in a moment some more. But D.C. defensively, I think, has a lot of work to do. Tampa Bay, they I don't think they do. They Tampa Bay, they've they statistically have a very good defense. They have one win, but they move the ball on offense and have a very good defense. But they did wave defensive back Jalen Collins, who they kind of spotlighted as a guy that we were, would expect to be a big contributor for that team in the preseason. He had NFL experience again. He played in the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, LSU defensive back from DBU, but he gets waved by the Tampa Bay Vipers. And then also our token Eric Dungy report, Bryant, he gets activated again by Dallas. But Brogan Roback's still on the squad. Well, I was just saying heads or tails, it depends on whether or not Eric Dungy actually plays or is assigned to the team or not uh, this week. Uh, back and forth, uh, you, you know, Vince t- talked about him a lot uh, before. Well, we still haven't seen him take a snap. Let me say this. Is, is, he, what, is he a viable quarterback? Let me say this. With Philip Nelson out there this week against, I mean, a defense that I still think is pretty darn good, even though they had their – their little dip. They get the win last week, New York. I mean, maybe Eric Dungy gets some sort of play in there, some sort of package, some sort of look-see by Bob Stoops if Philip Nelson isn't looking quite right, which I think some of us expect. Um, who knows what they do, the the Dallas Renegades, with their quarterback situation. With Landry Jones, as we said on the last show, out for at least two weeks with that injury to his leg, uh, going for that that quarterback sneak. Last week, I mean, Philip Nelson at quarterback. They do have Eric Dungy back. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to. I, as someone who watched the guy play in college, Brian, I'd love to see him in there just because he is a, a he's like a fullback who plays quarterback. He's big, strong, could throw the ball down the field. He's not very accurate, but hell, Philip Nelson didn't look too accurate in just his little bit. We saw him last week, and then definitely not in week one against St. Louis. Uh, if you say so. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not too familiar with the man. I know Vince has talked about him. I know you have talked about him. I like to see some reps. But you know what? For Dallas' sake, I hope he doesn't have to come into the game <laughs> because that means things are going pretty well for them uh, when Landry Jones is out. Other uh, some other transactions around this this league this week, going into week five in the XFL, Quinton Flowers is the last one we'll get to. He's back with Tampa Bay. Quinton Flowers has confirmed, Bryant, he desires a trade. He wants to be traded from Tampa Bay because he thinks he can service a team as a consistent starting quarterback in this league. And I don't know any coach in this league that's going to give him the amount of reps Tressman's given him, so I don't know what he's thinking. But he did. Flowers did go on to say at the end of the day, I just want to play football. Me and Coach Tressman talked, and at the end of the day, I just want to help this team win and do whatever it takes to win. So, Brian, I ask you, at the end of the day, uh, Quentin Flowers, could he find a role on another team where he's more prominent at quarterback at the end of the day? Right now? <laughs> uh, right now, I don't know what team – would be, I mean, New York kind of found their footing with Luis Perez, and they have Marquise Williams. Uh, Seattle would be the other option, but they have B.J. Daniels now. Uh, where else would he be able to land and get significant playing time at this, probably, like you said, more than what he's getting in Tampa? I don't see it. Do you? I mean, I, I, read, I don't see where he could. Nope. I mean, unless, well, there there is a quarterback in D.C. who's flaming out and could have a, a complete breakdown this week if he doesn't get his his stuff straight and who knows if Tyree no, he'll Jackson be ready. he'll be ready don't worry he'll be ready 
Oh, is that a preview of your pick later? Or no? Oh, oh you're ready. To... Is he ready though? <laughs> and you don't. We haven't even talked about the Sonic the Hedgehog curse, which we will get <laughs> we'll into. Maybe in we, maybe in a two point one nineteen B episode one nineteen B. Well, speaking of Quentin Flowers of the Tampa Bay Vipers, he's back with the team. He was practicing. We will be having one of his teammates on. Bryant, you spoke with wide receiver Dan Williams, who caught his breath after running all over the D.C. defenders last week in one of the funniest and craziest and most awesome plays of week four. He joined you, and uh, we're going to play that interview in just a little bit, uh, talking about the Vipers getting their minds right, getting in the wind column, and how it's a completely different team now moving forward, going cross-country against L.A. this week. Yeah, that's where we're going to be talking to Dan Williams about. I mentioned how he had 72 yards receiving last week. That was north and south. If they talked about all, its entire yardage, it'd probably that, be over 100. Yeah, there was like a tweet or a video I saw the Vipers put out, <laughs> or the XFL official league Twitter put out. Uh, he got 38 on that, but I think it was like it a was 65 like total or something 60, like that. Yeah. Almost, it, was, it was close to being a pretty nice run. That's what I'll say. It was a good run. It was a very good run. Dan Williams is really exceeding expectations as a guy people are talking about around this league. Uh, he wasn't getting that buzz in the preseason, but he definitely has been consistently contributing to that offense that's putting up big offensive numbers in terms of yardage. And now they're finally starting to learn how to get in the end zone. I Did we, did we talk about how much the, that O-line was pushing piles of running backs Running backs would get stood up, and then they just push the pile rugby style a few more yards. Every time it felt like against D.C. Was that a D.C. thing or a Tampa thing? We're going to have to break that down when we pick their each uh, game later on, Brian. But that was one of my favorite things from week number four. But now I think it's good. To, it's a good time, Brian, for us to get to some praise. Let's talk about Jordan Tamu. With his star of the week, the first non-roughneck to win the award, <laughs> 63 yards rushing, 264 yards passing, 20 at 27, a touchdown pass, and just really doing everything the St. Louis Battlehawks needed him to do to get their victory over a Seattle team that wouldn't quit last week. Yeah, no, we, we mentioned how Jordan Tamu really, he looks like a great quarterback, meaning he, his accuracy is there, his poise is there, his his vision of the game looks great. As we're rolling through the highlights here on YouTube, it's it's amazing to me that the plays and the throws that this man can make, uh, a lot of play action, a lot of uh, um, a lot of options for him, and and he's performing well. Uh, I thought in week one he was the best performer that was not named PJ Walker, and Jordan Tom, who's been very consistent over the first four weeks of the season. Yep, and I want to take some credit just for telling everybody that this guy would be look be a good player in this league and had special tools. I just we all have the concern about the youth factor. I think week five, Bryant, can we just throw that out the window? This guy's ready. He's he's a pro. He's a good player. He's athletic. He has a lot of tools in the toolbox that quarterbacks in this league, uh, you know, not a lot of them have right now. It's him and PJ Walker that are really head and shoulders above everybody else. He runs that RPO, which is something, you know, that the craze of the RPO right now in professional football. Uh, he runs that better than anyone, I think, in the XFL. And that's going to turn some scouts' heads around for sure uh, come uh, this NFL season coming up here. Yeah, Jordan Tamu's getting a lot of a lot of love uh, from, you know, the national media attention and anyone really covering the XFL uh, when it comes to ESPN and Fox. I mean, he wins this Star of the Week award, and he's a young, budding superstar in the X XFL. And this is what it's all about is guys like him getting the opportunity um, 
and it's fun to watch him play. It's fun to watch the Battlehawks cacaw the last few weeks, and they're going into D.C. looking to really take control of the XFL East, Bryant, a big opportunity for them, and a, a, a really a great week uh, for St. Louis just because of the documentary that came out. We got to see some of this thing being filmed, the new For the Love of Football series on XFL.com, Bonnie Bernstein uh, hosting this this thing is so cool and yeah, it, it it felt i watched it felt like reliving our time in st louis they captured kind of like <laughs> what we talked to a lot of the people in st louis about the same things they covered in this documentary which was just slickly and beautifully done by bonnie bernstein and company uh on xfl.com but ch- definitely check that out did you watch that brian the for Lo- for the love of football series yeah yeah i did it was uh i think it came out wednesday night if i'm not mistaken i watched that i was it was a little interesting because we were there when a lot of it was being filmed and, and to see the, this come to light was, was pretty cool. And it gives a different perspective on the city of St. Louis, the heartbreak, you know, um, and now that they're back, mm-hmm. you know, traditions are back on. We talked about it too. in our, we had a mini so not too long ago about our time in St. Louis. We talked to a lot of fans, you know, traditions that were broken people's routines that were every other weekend gone, you know, twice for some people, if they're old enough, uh, so they really captured what it was like to have a great uh, sports town in St. Louis and also a great football town. So if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's on uh, XFL.com, YouTube.com slash XFL. Uh, just check that out. It's the Alan, one more time, the name. That is For the Love of Football is the name of the series. I'm looking for what more stuff from them, uh, the, the For the Love of Football crew putting these these cool packages together. St. Louis was first up. We'll see what comes out next, but this was a really good one and I mean, I give it I give it four cacaws, Brian. That's how good it was. All the cacaws you could possibly four. give in a review. Four. Four cacaws. I just thought of a <laughs> Is that a good? Is that 4 out of 5, 4 out of 10? Yeah, it's like getting five stars. It's four four cacaws. Got it. Got it. Uh, I thought of a good sponsor uh, if they can make it happen for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Kawasaki. <laughs> that's a good. If that, it can happen, <laughs> we'll see if that can happen. Alan, though, we uh we work every every week really hard on this show uh, on the weekends to analyze these teams. Uh, some of us more than others, but and we come up with power rankings every single week that are pretty accurate. Mine are at least. I don't know because no, we put all mine of the, are the mine are the, the most algorithm. accurite. Mine are the most Not accurate. Mine, I feel like. I feel Regardless like I of the fact. get ruined by all of you guys voting, and then it's a collective <laughs> podcast ranking when mine should be out there alone. But as a team, we do a decent job, too. And, yes, it's on XFL.com now. Well, it's on XFL.com alongside some of the other greats that the league works with. Um, you know, we're stacked up against Clad and McElroy, and I think the other one is the champion's data, right? There's, like, Cha- an actual – I mean, we joke. Champion Champion uh, data, data is – putting a lot of effort in terms of the the numbers and the statistics and their power ranking and then it's cool i love i love this new web page because now we, this comes out weekly you've got different people different groups of people following the xfl closer than anybody in, in the world really right now i mean i i i'm i'll pat ourselves on the back a little right here brian i mean not just before not just now but before the league started i mean we eat, sleep, breathe, XFL for the last five weeks and before that because we're nuts. Two years, please. And we love it. We love football. We love football. We love the XFL. So, yeah, we're following this league closely, so we feel like we 
we put some effort into those power rankings, and it's cool to see those matched up against the likes of Champion Data, who are using calculators, or Greg McElroy. Actual algorithms. Or Greg McElroy, <laughs> who was you know coached by Nick Saban and knows everything you need to know about playing the sport of football, or Joel Klatt, who is oh, yeah, really the, uh, the, the college analyst for, for Fox. Or who's the, the <laughs> top we're over here. <laughs> football talker in, in on Fox and maybe in the world right now, top got, t- football talker. And then you have us who are XFL fanatics and following every little bit and every little detail of this games of these games. Also, I mean, I don't know about them, but I do in my power rankings also incorporates what I see on the sidelines. Like Cardell Jones really hurt the DC defenders ranking for me this week with his with his little tirade that got well, caught see, on I'm, the. I'm like that tirade, Coach Moss. Coach Moss lifted up the Wildcats for the fire that he brought. Uh, <laughs> In a losing uh, effort, Coach Moss <laughs> saved their power rank. You want it? Down. I'm going to give it to you right now. Also, uh, Alan, also wait, Winston Moss, I, I think that quote and that line and us talking about it, best reactions we've gotten from fans yet, Brian, in terms of something we all saw. And it's it's kind of, we give the line of the week out every, every week. I, might, I think that's the leader for line of the year right now. You want it. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to give it to you right now. Drops. We, we, we have to do like a top 10 drops of the XFL season. You want it? I'm going to give it to you right now. Right now. I wanted, to bring up, <laughs> I wanted to bring up one question that I saw on Twitter before we get out of this dink and dunk. Uh, because it's something that I don't think was addressed yet so far in the league, and so I wanted to bring it up here. It was from um, – oops, sorry. There we go. It is from – there it is. Uh, Exa Twisted Sailor. I think we've had him. We've had his tweets on here before, if I'm not mistaken. Twisted uh, Sailor. XFL should. <laughs> XFL should. Do divisional wins matter as much as TD plus or minus? Uh, for example, if New York finishes six and four overall and two and four versus East, but is TD plus seven, is that better than if DC goes six and four and five and one versus the East, but is a TD minus two? What's better for the playoff implications? Real quick, we're going to go over. I'm going to go over it really fast, Alan, because it's a little convoluted. It's on XFL.com. Uh, if you go to the standings page, it's there. So right go ahead there. and check that out. But it is head-to-head is your first tiebreaker. And then believe it or not, it is your net touchdowns for all games before uh, even divisional divisional ranks. I don't even know if it's actually – yeah, it's number four on this tiebreaker. So it's head-to-head, net touchdowns, and then total points in head-to-head matchups. So in this instance, uh, New York would go. Even if D.C. Uh, beat them, what was it, 20 to nothing in that game? Uh, head-to-head matters, so New York would have to beat them the second time but yeah so go ahead and check that out it's on xfl.com in the uh standings page uh for the full uh tie-breaking scenarios there's seven of them yeah uh, that's so, uh, it's good, great good it's, yeah great question and it's lined up right there for you on the xfl standing page so xfl.com like brian said and go to the standing section and head to head i i love that that's the most important so as of now dc ahead of new york but uh, you know, we put the poll question up about the quarterbacks for both those teams and kind of the slides both of those teams have experienced. And one is experiencing as we speak right now, Bryant. So I'm not so sure D.C. at slide, two. Slide, baby, slide. New York slide, at three. I'm not so sure either of those teams make the playoffs, to be honest with you, because uh, as Everybody you see one on, game out. If you see on my board right now, I've got his fever, man. I've Kind of. His, it's a little. It's I'm like. Right. S- I'm ready, no ready to strike, ready to strike. I'm ready to play that theme song this weekend if if Tampa Bay wins against L.A. Although, you know, you know, we root for the for Winston Moss to roar. 
let, let's dive into uh, some of our calls this week, Bryant, to finish up dinking and dunking around the league now. The XFL fan line, 724-565-4XFL, is the number for you to call. And each week, we take our best calls we get from, from the XFL fan line. We play them right on the show. Let us know your name, where you're from, who you root for, and we will play you on the show. We want to hear from you directly from the fans. If you have something you want to tell other fans, you want to ask us a question, whatever. Make it good. Call the XFL fan line, and you might end up like one of our callers today. Starting off with Jim. Hey guys, Jim here again. First off, very excited about attending my first game this Saturday, Wildcats v. Vipers. I'll try to call in from that game, hopefully uh, to convey my excitement as we dominate the Vipers, get those damn snakes out of our boots. But I have to say, I heard, you, I heard your show last Tuesday, and I think you guys hit the nail on the head when you recapped our performance against the Guardians. Our running game was non-existent, couldn't finish drives. Um, but our, our offensive line has completed in the past few weeks, so that was kind of disappointing to see. And our special things were lackluster. I don't know if it was the cold weather, but our performance as a whole was obviously below, below standard. But we also didn't have Spruce out there <clears throat> and Mr. Excitement. And it looked like some of those drives were drawn up with those two in mind. It's kind of like when you're, when, you're, when you're painting a painting and you have a reference in front of you, but it turns out you're not allowed to use two of the colors on your palette. You know, you have to change the reference, not just go ahead and attempt to paint the picture with what you have. But I'm optimistic about this Saturday. Also, Forget the chant that I uh, suggested last week. I think Winston Moss gave us our chance for the Wildcats. You want it? We're going to give it to you right now. You know, we could just chant, you want it? Anyways, I'll try to call you guys from the game this Saturday. But, yeah, and, uh, good luck with the show, and uh, go Wildcats. You want it? Down. I'm going to give it to you right now. I love the call, what, Jim. What, what? You lost me with the art stuff, though. I, I, yeah, art. I'm terrible Why does Picasso art. and Monet have anything to do with this? I don't understand. Well, it probably does. Fanatics? It just it goes over my head. I, I'm I'm terrible with the paintbrush. I do like watching Bob Ross, though, when I'm I, I'm trying to relax. Thanks for the call, Jim. And uh, yeah, I like I like the, I like the chant. You want it? You want it? You want it? On each side of Dignity Health Sports Park, Bryant, maybe as a chant. You think, or should we just let? Just let Moss stick to that. Put it on a T-shirt and let that Moss be is loud enough for himself. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah, Moss is loud enough for himself. For I think we're good. Well, you know, if he had his way, he would have a megaphone and be yelling that to the crowd during Mega the Moss. game. Mega Moss. Let's go to our next call, uh, coming from Joker on the XFL fan line. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Heidel. You cannot call me Jimmy or whatever that other Heidel said you could call him. Y'all can't call me Joker though. Anyways. Love the show, guys. Love listening to y'all. I do want to say one thing. Bryant, for your award, uh, shouldn't you give it to the Roughnecks? I mean, you picked us to win, so they made you look good. So shouldn't it go to them, too? I mean, I understand why you gave it to yourself, but they made you look good overall. All right, guys. Y'all have a great day. You going to okay. answer Joker? Listen, listen, listen Hydro. Hydro? Joker, 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 call him Joker, 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 dog. Let me tell you something. I picked the Houston Roughnecks. The Houston Roughnecks won. If you go back, I won. So I give the award to myself this past week. If you didn't know uh, that, go back and listen to Tuesday's episode. Still don't get that logic. It makes the most sense. It doesn't make make any sense. But I like that. I like Joker is is calling you out. He's calling other fans out. Roughnecks fans. But he understood it. I don't understand. Roughnecks fans puffing their chests a little bit. They got, don't get too cocky now, Roughnecks fans. You got 
You got a Dragons team that does not go away. They lose, sure. But they don't go away easily. They don't go quiet into the night, these Dragons. And I, I'm I'm interested to see what the other guys are, and you were picking on this one, Brian, because this one I, was not as easy as all the other Roughnecks games have been for me uh, because of that confidence factor. You know, sometimes even the players themselves get caught up. Like Joker is so confident. That's sometimes not a good thing. But I love the call. Thanks for calling the XFL fan line. Joker! Let's go to our last one now from another Roughnecks fan, our good buddy Brent. How you guys doing? This is Brent down in Houston. Uh, me and my buddies, Jordan Sherrod, we're on our way back from Dallas. Uh, went to the game. Uh, uh, phenomenal atmosphere. Got to give a shout-out to the Dallas fans. They showed up. They was loud all game long, even though Lance Jones tried to take them out of it real quick. But, uh, man, uh, I want to give a shout-out to my Houston Roughnecks, man. Going 4-0, uh, offense was a little sputtery today, but the defense did a good job coming up with turnovers. Uh, but like I said, Dallas is a good football team once they get it together. And, and, you know, so I'm looking forward to the next time they play in Houston. Uh, a lot of the Dallas fans have said they're going to travel down to Houston. So uh, I look forward to that game being real packed and, you know, and, and, and being ready to be ready to rock and roll. But, you know, enjoy listening to you guys. I heard y'all recap show. Y'all have a great day. Good weekend. Later. Play fast. Do it again. I love it. Keep them coming. Keep them coming, Brent. <laughs> do it again. Brent, are now are now Where are the most, kids? Yeah, are, but I don't know. He's 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 been to every game. I think Brent. He's my uh, so. my favorite fan because he's all in uh, on on the XFL and the Houston Roughnecks. He's showing them that support, and uh, that's the reason why Bryant they're uh, they're going to be having a good crowd against Seattle this week, and uh, they have been getting good crowds in Houston because they are winning. They are winners right now, and uh, we appreciate Brent for his dedication to the Roughnecks, and, of course, the show for calling into the XFL fan line. If you want to get on the show, holler at us, 724-565-4XFL on the XFL fan line. Of course, social media is at XFL show. If you don't feel like speaking and verbalizing, the phone scares you maybe. I don't know. Some people don't like picking up the phone anymore, Bryant. But that's why we have both options for people, and uh, we welcome all. All interactions. So thank you very much to everybody who's interacting with us. Let's uh, dive into some more interactions, Bryant. We had uh, some poll questions stemming off of last show. Those those polls are closed, correct? The polls have officially closed? The poll the polls have officially closed. Polls have officially closed. So now we can go into the results in the cover two. I'm wondering what the hell you're doing in this league. All right. What are you doing <laughs> trying to tackle Darius Victor or Jacques Patrick or Devion Smith or Kristen Michael because those are the best and toughest running backs to tackle in this league that we whittled it down to, Bryant. We put the poll question out. Who's the hardest running back to tackle? We had two from Tampa Bay, a Battlehawk and a Guardian. Who won the poll? Yeah, that was we basically posed the question, right? Who is the toughest running back to tackle in the XFL? And by a narrow margin, it is Christine Michael from the St. Louis Battlehawks with 34.8%. Alan, you've seen this man run in person, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darius Victor as well, but Darius Victor came in second with 30.4. I think uh, we did a, di- a disservice to Devion Smith and Jacquez Patrick putting two t- two players from the same team on the same list. They took away from each other's vote. That's yes, exactly. Uh, collectively, they would have tied uh, Christine Michael, but Christine Michael came in 348 uh, on uh, on Twitter. 
Yeah, and also not surprising considering how uh, you know effective Battle Hawks fans have proven to be on social media, Brian. I mean, they're they're pretty good at, at twittering and redditing and twittering, facebooking, Tweeting? and and all that. <laughs> they're very good at all of it. Yes. Wherever there's somewhere with where you could be talking online, there's a there's someone cacaing. There's someone saying cacaws the law. I don't know. And then on Reddit, there's. I mean, just this vicious and Facebook. I've heard. I haven't seen it there, but on, I've seen it on Reddit, Brian. A vicious rivalry between Battlehawks fans and Vipers fans. So they galvanized behind their guy here, and they pick Kristen Michael, toughest running back to tackle. I voted for. Uh, I think I voted for P- Patrick myself, uh, just because he's he hits a guy and then he doesn't go down. He just stands up and waits for his lineman to push him forward, which. I don't know if he's going to be doing that against L.A., but I think he's done that like the last two weeks, Brian Jacques Patrick. All these running backs, though, very impressive. Well, I voted for uh, Darius Victor because if our friend Jonathan Coachman, the coach, can do it, I can do it too. What? What are you talking about? You comparing yourself to coach. <laughs> Jonathan Coachman has uh, been tombstoned by The Undertaker, as he said. He's been in the Royal Rumble. What have you done? You've been to a Royal Rumble. But that's it. Two, two, two Royal Rumbles. Give me some credit here. If you're not going to do it, I'm going to have to do it myself. I've been to two All Royal right. Rumbles. Well, there it is, our poll question on running backs. And then uh, we also asked another poll question. Uh, regrettable moments so far in the XFL. Probably some more to come with all the access we get on the sideline. But uh, you know the two we're talking about. Of course, the options were a couple of quarterbacks. Last week, we saw Cardale Jones in D.C. say this. <laughs> they bench him. One ain't ready. He, he ain't. I don't know what's wrong. He ain't ready. And then his competition in this. He ain't ready. In this poll question was from week two and uh, the Guardians quarterback, Matt McGloin. What does this team need to do on offense to get something going here? We need to change the whole entire game plan at halftime. Okay, what do you need to change about the game plan? What are you frustrated about? There's just a lot going on right out now. Uh, it's embarrassing for us here as an offense. So a lot of things we want to fix and correct. Thanks. So gearing up, before we give away any like halfway through the year awards, Brian, these are kind of like preliminary halfway through, almost through, halfway through the year awards. And uh, who won the poll question? Because I know who I voted for. Who won? Uh, the winner was uh, Matt McGloin, pretty decisively too, 66.7% <laughs> to uh, the okay. 33.3% for Cardell Jones. Uh, the best part of that, we didn't get to clip, we didn't get to clip long enough is uh, – Steve Levy after that just saying, wow. <laughs> that was his initial reaction right after Matt McGloin. See, uh, it's the one that shook the it shook the league more than Cardell Jones did. This is this is because it was the first one. I did not vote for this one because well, while it's well, maybe it's regrettable for Matt McGloin because now he might not have the starting job anymore because of it. Also because he got hurt. Uh, and Luis Perez won a game, and who knows what's going to go on at quarterback the rest of the way with New York. But I th- I voted for Cardale because that's going on right now. They're losing. They're, who knows about the locker room chemistry? I mean, this, this is going to be a major turning point. This is it for, for the D.C. defenders, I think, this week. It's a turning point. Not win or lose, but in terms of just going out there and showing some heart and some cohes- cohesion. And that moment from last week said so much. And I think, uh, I don't know, that might have worsened what was already going on in D.C. before the end of that game when we saw that, Brian. 
It might have. Uh, I guess which one's more regrettable? I, I don't know. I mean, it, that was the question. Right? Regrettable. Is Matt McGloin's more regrettable or is Cardell Jones? Cardell Jones is calling out a player. Okay. But Matt McGloin called out an entire game plan, a week's <laughs> worth of work in one sentence. That's that's a lot more volume in one more, sentence than what Cardell did. It was more of a tantrum, I, I would say for sure. But also Cardell Jones has the rumored Sonic the Hedgehog movie curse. Did you hear about this? No, I did his, not. So you're going to have to explain this to me. Cardell Jones had his awesome week two performance against New York. And right after the game tweeted, awesome game or something. Time to go see the new Sonic movie. And he saw the Sonic movie, and he's been terrible ever since. That's what they're saying online, at least, Brian. Just to, I, I, I take that over Pep Hamilton's it. curse of being on this show. So I'll oh, take that. that that's curse definitely, that is definitely Pep. not it. Because, yeah, Pep, Pep was on the show going into week three. Um, but Pep was on the show before that, so we can't say it was that. It was definitely Sonic the Hedgehog, for sure. Uh, but thanks to everybody who voted in that. Got a good amount of votes on those polls, and uh, Matt McGloin takes it home for most regrettable moment so far in the XFL. Part two of our cover two here, Bryant. Let's talk about some upper deckers in Houston and St. Louis. St. Louis is go- getting rowdy. They're they're opening up their upper deck for the Battle Dome Week Seven. They are going. They said on Twitter, "We are officially opening up seats in the upper deck of the dome for the game against LA on March 21st." Houston already opening up their upper deck too, Bryant, March 7th. That is this week against Seattle. I have a question about these upper deckers. It's a chicken or an egg situation. Is this the best fan bases are because they have the best teams, they're the best fan bases, or are the teams the best teams because they have the best fan bases? How's this work? Because they're corresponding here. The two best teams in the league have the two biggest fan bases right now in terms of interest in going to the game. I think if, if you kind of think of it like this, if, if all the other six teams were doing great, how would their fan bases react? I think Seattle would probably be the only other one that would react this well. Uh, so I'm going to say that. So the question is whether or not the fan base is good because the team is good or if the team is good because the fan base is good. Right. It's chicken or an egg situation. I think it's probably it's it's probably because the teams are winning, they're sustaining it. Because week one, New York had a, a, a I mean, MetLife is huge, but they had a good crowd, good sized crowd. Uh, but obviously, losing a little bit last week at that game, there was less people in the stands. You know, still there was still you know Guardians had yeah, it was cold, but still they had a, a contingency there. The Guardians. You know, it wasn't LA lost the game. It wasn't easy, an easy place to play for them. Uh, but you know, compared to what the Battle Hawks are doing or what Houston's doing, or Seattle, Seattle's the only team doing it with a losing record right now. That's one thing to look at too. I yeah, it's, it's a, it is a very chicken or the egg uh, situation. I, I guess the the fan bases are good. That's why these teams are good. I don't know. Good news is though, Alan, is we've sat yes. in both. Yes, we've sat in both of those upper decks. Which would Half. you like more? Um, I think we sat, th- we sat in them empty, mind you. Yes. Right? With no one else around us. Yeah. Before the battle Hawks started and before the season started in Houston, gotta go. I have to go with, uh, Houston. I liked, I liked yeah. sitting up there. The big Texas sky above my head. 
is it was it was just uh, the calm before the storm when you and I were there in Houston. I can't wait to be there for the championship game in TDECU Stadium. But you know, twenty sixth. Yeah, the upper deck things. That's the next level. But the fan bases are are there for you know for the Dallas last week. Awesome atmosphere to watch on TV, and you know Tampa week one or not week one, but their first home game was rowdy, way rowdier than I anticipated. And then last week, the number wasn't as big attendance wise, but last week there were crazier people there. There were people in their underwear partying. It was like spring break come early last week for Tampa Bay. I don't know if you saw any of that, Bryant. Plus, hiss, 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 which is quickly surpassing. It's all, it's, I know I'm, this is a heated topic, but I might come out on the side of hiss over Kaka right now, Brian. I'm loving some hissing. See, there's only one way you can hiss. There's a million ways you can Kaka. Kaka! Or a quick Kaka. Kaka. Fan bases are rowdy, though, but congrats to St. Louis and Houston for getting those upper decks open and, you know, if you win, they will come. I'm sure we all we all recognize that, and those teams are winning. Let us know what you think, though. Is it a chicken or an egg situation? Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Houston and Seattle this weekend, though. That's going to be cool. Houston fans are they're enjoying this season, and why wouldn't they? Their team is undefeated. All right, Bryant. You spoke with an XFL baller earlier today. And I think it's come time for us to play that interview on the show. Set us up. What you got here? I wasn't in on this one. I'm a little bit jealous because I had a whole lot to ask this guy about one of the craziest plays of the XFL season. Uh, the craziest play probably so far of the X. Well, I'll take it about second best, second craziest behind PJ Walker's uh, dusting of the football and running into the end zone after he dropped it there. Uh, but I just wanted to get his perspective. We're talking about Dan Williams, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Vipers, leading wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Vipers, top five also in uh, yardage. He, uh, I wanted to get his perspective on how it felt to get the first game. Those three weeks were tough, you know, especially week three when they uh, were game so close to being what the best team in the league is now. Uh, so we asked him about the uh, transition from a losing locker room to a winning locker room and what it took to get there and what it's going to take to stay there. So I enjoyed this interview a lot. So, so Dan Williams, thank you for your time. And I think you guys will too. Yeah, let's send it. Here we go. Wide receiver Dan Williams of the Tampa Bay Vipers with a good crisp interview with Bryant here on This is the XFL Show. Big first win of the season, Dan. How does it feel to get that first win out of the way? Um, it feels great, actually. Um, we worked um, hard the whole week, preparing for the moment, um, for the win. Um, it just—it was just so surreal. It was crazy. We won, but I'm glad we got the win. It was—it's momentum going to LA. For sure, and, and you know, those first three weeks must have been tough, obviously, with all the losses. But it was so close. I mean, there were so many things. Uh, factors that made those games a lot closer. You guys were so close against Houston. Uh, how did it change the mentality in the locker room now that that first win's out of the way? Um, like I said before, it's the momentum. It was just the small things we just needed to correct on. Um, it was just going back to the drawing board, um, going back to special team defense, offense, what the offensive line did wrong, what the receivers did, quarterbacks. Um, it's all a domino effect, so we just corrected all the small things, and we just moved forward. We just got the win. 
And then in the last game, uh, you know, seven receptions, 72 yards. You're in the top five uh, of receiving yards for the league. But, you know, those 72 yards were north to south. If we count that run where you went all the way across the field, you'd be over 100. Tell me about that play, man, because that looked – I watched like 100 times on TV, and I still can't believe it happened. Yeah, that, that run was crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm blessed by, the I'm blessed by the, like, the offensive line. Um, just for protecting me and the quarterback, Taylor, for throwing me the ball, um, gave me the opportunity to make a play. Um, but me getting these yards and all that stuff, um, it's just it just carry over to practice, the preparation we've been doing. And um, I'm just so thankful being the position I'm in. And um, I'm, I'm happy for the team I'm on. It just seemed like you were faster than everybody on that play for sure. Um, but Taylor is your guy, like you mentioned. He is the QB going forward, at least for this game in L.A., uh, and with your run game the way it was, over 200 yards as well, uh, where is that offense right now? Are you guys at full gear? Do you feel like you can uh, continue this momentum, like you're saying, throughout the rest of the season, especially here in L.A.? Um, yeah, ain't nothing going to change. We're going to keep pushing forward. We're going to keep the um, gas on the pedal. We're going to keep going hard each and every day. Um, going to L.A., we're going, um, you know, like that team we facing, they ain't got nothing to lose. They don't give it everything they got, and we don't give it everything we got. But we got to do everything we got but better. And we're just going to get this win. You know, we're going to do everything to get this win. That's all that matters. And you mentioned that everything they have, you know, you know, trying to leave everything on the field, those Wildcats are in the same kind of position you are, uh, sitting at, with that same record. What kind of challenges, though, do you see on the defensive side from the Wildcats that they're going to present you uh, come Sunday night? Um, the Wildcats got a real good scheme, real good defense, um, good DBs, good linebackers, good D-line. Um, they got a good scheme over there um, on the defensive side, but if we do what we're supposed to do. If we execute, we're going to get the win. That game is Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, one last question here because as a fan, I've been watching uh, these games, and it's been a lot of fun. I've been to a few as well, and they've, they've been tons of fun. I'll be in L.A. watching you play uh, this weekend as well. But tell me how much fun it's been to play in the league. Um, very exciting. Um, this this league is full of opportunities. Anything you want to do, go to the CFL, go to the NFL, or you want to stay here and play for the rest of your career. Um, it's, it's up to you. What you put out on film, people going to see. Like, NFL, they look for talent each and every day. So, um, it's just all the small things, what you do off the field, too. Because um, if you go to the NFL team or go to the CFL team, they're going to ask Coach Trestman questions like, how is this guy? But it's just a great opportunity for everybody, you know, so they can move forward in their career and just, you know, be great at whatever they do, you know. Well, best of luck this week in L.A. I'll see you there. Uh, maybe we'll catch a selfie or something like that, man. Take care. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Dan Williams and the Tampa Bay Vipers for setting us up with that good, crisp football chat as they get ready to go cross country and do something no XFL team has ever done, Bryant, win on a cross country road trip. But that dude has been playing his keister off this season. You saw it on that play you guys talked about. And I think if any team's equipped to do it, it's Tampa Bay with guys like – they have so many guys with heart on that team that don't give up on plays. You see how many extended plays the Tampa Bay Vipers offense puts out like that one. Dan Williams has been doing that all season long. He's an after-the-catch guy. Doesn't like going down. And he's a receiver. Love it. Love watching that guy play football. And uh, thank you again uh, to Dan Williams. But you're right. The, the Tampa Bay Vipers, we said it for the first three weeks before they won their first game that 
<laughs> Sis. Uh, that they were just a few steps away. You know, they're, they're leading the league in a lot of offensive categories. The only one they weren't was that red zone percentage. Now that they're fixing these things, I expect good things from the Vipers uh, going forward for sure. So thank you again, Dan Williams, for your time. Uh, and excited. Hopefully I get to see him in, in L.A. because I'll be there. Yeah, I'm jealous. It's going to be a fun game. Tampa Bay and L.A. will close out the weekend, and we're about to go pick all these Week 5 games, Bryant, in just a moment. But I do want to remind everybody with the weekend coming up, uh, this is your chance to to have some fun and maybe win some money. Download the free PlayXFL app for your chance to win big cash prizes. It's free to play. You just pick the exact scores of the week-selected games. That, that's what we're about to do. We're about to pick the games, Bryant. But if you get the free Play XFL app, you have a chance to win some money. You pick the exact scores and the week's selected games, you could win that week's jackpot prize, which could be $25,000, $500,000, up to $1 million. It's fun, it's easy, and it's totally free to play. Plus, there's a guaranteed, guaranteed cash prize week, cash prize every week. On the Play XFL app, pick scores, win money, download the Play XFL app for free today in the Google Play or in the App Store. Ready to play around and pick some games, Bryant, and dive into what we're going to see in week number five. This is the moment, and this is how we set it up each week when we go into the games of the week. Game by game, we're going to set you up with our against the spread aficionado our colleague Vince Calfo is going to set it up. We're going to knock it down. Let's get into it. It's time to talk week number five. Hey, football fans. This is Vince from This is the XFL Show. XFL week number five kicking off on Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Seattle Dragons, 12 and a half point underdog on the road at the Houston Roughnecks. Seattle they just haven't been able to keep up with the big-time offenses this season. Houston, I know they've had a few scares recently, but I'm not afraid to lay the big number, so give me the roughnecks. Second game of the weekend, Saturday, 2 p.m. Pacific time. New York Guardians, eight-point underdog on the highway at the Dallas Renegades. Dallas, they don't have Landry Jones, a quarterback. Bill Nelson's going to be under center. He hasn't looked great this season. How's that going to work out? How Mummy, he's got a broken leg. He's going to be coaching from up in the booth. How's that going to work out? Maybe it's a square play, but I'm going to go with the Guardians getting the eight points. Third game of the weekend on Sunday, noon Pacific time. St. Louis Battlehawks, four and a half point favorite on the road at the D.C. Defenders. This line started out a lot closer than this, and it's ballooned up to four and a half. St. Louis, they've looked great recently. D.C., they haven't looked that good. Why was this line so close to begin with? I don't know, but our friends out in the desert, they probably know something we don't. That's why I'm going with the D.C. Defenders. Final game of the weekend, Sunday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Tampa Bay Vipers, two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at the L.A. Wildcats. Tampa Bay finally getting in the win column. They looked impressive. Why are they an underdog against the L.A. Wildcats who haven't looked great last week after finally getting a win? Maybe it's that cross-country flight. I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to side with the Wildcats at home, laying the two and a half points. That's it for week number five in the XFL. And for the love of football, just go ahead and bet on it. There's Vince Calfo going against the spread, Bryant. And now I'm ready to pick these games. 
knowing what he said, knowing what I'm thinking already, knowing what the trends are with the chatter online and in the desert and the sports books and, of course, the hardcore football talkers that we love to interact with on a weekly basis. This is our time to shine, and it's time to break them down. First one up, Seattle at Houston, Dragons and Roughnecks, ABC, 2 p.m. kickoff. Breathing fire. Can they finally break through, though, and can they hand that first L to the Houston Roughnecks? Brian, a 13.5-point spread as of this live on tape podcast recording over under at 45 and a half uh the houston roughnecks man they are the cream of the crop the tippy tippy top number one in our power rankings number one in the west the dragons the coach might have maybe forgotten the score last week is he gonna be on the ball on the road against june jones pj walker and the undefeated roughnecks what are you thinking here I was uh, thinking about this game a lot, Alan, and and something happened last week with the Seattle Dragons that I think we expected uh, not to happen, and that was a spark, a fire that got lit with them. B.J. Daniels came in there and got them close, gave them some opportunities uh, to, to win that game in a loud battle dome. Uh, you look at some of the numbers here, you know, Offensively, they're not impressive, although you've said it many times, run the dang ball. They're third in the league in rushing right now with 109.5 rushing yards. I really think that Houston might overlook this game. This might be a trap game for them. We talk about those in many sports uh, all the time. I think defensively, can Seattle make plays to stop Houston? Houston, you don't want to hear this, but since – since week two, when when uh, the draft, excuse me, the Battlehawks gave PJ Walker some trouble, I feel like the Houston Roughnecks uh, ha- have been a little weary. They weren't great last week. They did what they had to do to win, but they didn't. Um, they didn't look like their normal selves. So that's why I'm going with the Seattle Dragons to win this game uh, on the road in Houston. Uh, what? Why is that face going to be a close one? I'm wondering like what the hell you're doing in this league. What the hell are you doing right now? 19. Are you? Why? I think you're just going out on limbs now. You're trying to. You're, you took my limbs. advice last week. I said say something crazy, and then if you, it doesn't happen, everyone will forget <laughs> about it. No well, one's forgetting. hard because we'll talk about it again. You're picking Seattle. It's very dangerous. Now I think Seattle is a competitive team, and I don't think they're going to get embarrassed or anything. But you said Houston didn't look like that. Houston looked exactly like themselves last week. Houston, like we said, not. Houston gets the job done when they need to get the job done. They score points when they need to score Beginners points. To enders, they get right? stops. That's great. That's a great line. Yeah. They get stops when they need to get stops. They win the game. They make the big plays in the big moments when they need it. That's what they've done the first four weeks. It's week five. They're at home. They the got upper stopped deck. in the first quarter. In the first quarter, they got three turnovers and came out with six points. Six yeah, points. that's not great, but they still won the game, and they still got the turnover at the Do you think B.J. Daniels is going to throw four interceptions? I doubt it. Oh, Because you know what happens when he doesn't want to throw game? it? He runs. Landry Jones can't run the ball. Well, the injury front could be interesting in that regard because, you know, the, the Coney Ealy went down in a heap last week for Houston, the defensive lineman, and if he's out, that could change that defensive dynamic and how they get after B.J. Daniels. Um, so maybe he has some room to run around. Uh 
of course, the injury for Seattle, uh, we got to mention Mohamed Cisse, the cornerback who fractured bone in his neck. He was taken to the hospital in that game last week, uh, but he did put an update online uh, shouting out everybody, get you know, showing he's in good spirits, saying thank you. So that was really cool to see. But I don't think the Dragons – I think they will want, win some games they shouldn't. They're, they're capable of beating – Almost any team in this league except Houston. I don't think they stack up well with how Houston gets after quarterbacks. With B.J. Daniels, you know they're gonna they're gonna keep him bottled up. He's he's not gonna be able to get loose the way he you know he kind of startled St. Louis, who maybe didn't have the battle plans for him last week. A whole week to plan for B.J. Daniels for for Houston for Ted Cottrell and that defense. I'm picking Houston to win 26-14, but it's not going to be it's not going to be an easy win. That's not a cover, Brian. <laughs> uh, it's not a cover. Uh but I, look, I just have this weird feeling that Seattle and I had this feeling when LA beat DC, Houston to me has some struggles that they need to figure out because they 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 didn't score. They've stopped scoring at points in this season. You're right. They are beating teams, but when Landry Jones uh, and the DC, excuse me, the Dallas Renegades have five turnovers in a game. You better win that game, and that's what they did. They they were lucky to come out with the Viper victory that week. And see, you know their their margin of error is getting so little that I feel like it's it's um, or bigger. I guess it's right. You say margin of error is getting bigger, so their wins uh, might stop a coming, Alan. So I think you you, you so you have uh, Houston by 12, 26 14. Lock me in. Not my lock of the week, but I do like their chances at home in front of that but it's crowd. It's your biggest margin. I don't understand. If uh, Alan, that's that is the same thing. We've gone over that. If this game was in <laughs> Seattle, I might be with you, but this being a home game, uh, I just don't see it for Seattle this week. And I'm falling in that camp with people who are kind of questioning, you know, talking about Jim Zorn and and the issues he seemed to have last week with kind of just keeping everything in front of him against. Houston, who's the best coach team in the league right now, that's not going to work. And you could get, you could get, you could get got real quick. You you could get got real quick Uh, with how fast they could score, how, how their defense can ruin your day. Got to keep it. Go for the right, go for three when you need to go for three, but go for one when you need to go for one. Have the game plan. And most importantly, Run the ball, Zorn. You got th- a hydra of running backs, and now you got BJ Daniels. Got a quadrahydra of runners. Use them. Hydra. I made that up. Uh, Vince, I don't think that's a thing. Uh, laying the points, twelve and a half, uh, taking Houston. Allen, you and Jake as well. Houston straight up. I'm the only one with the Seattle Dragons, so we shall see how that uh, ends up happening. Breathe some fire. We'll see what's up, and if. Uh... If they if they win, I'll admit, Bryant, you, you're smart, and as Jim Zorn likes to say, I screwed up. I got screwed up. I just got screwed up. But I don't think I'm going to have to. I got Houston Roughnecks and Dragons in Houston, and that is, of course, game the first game of Week 5, and that will be on ABC at 2 p.m. Eastern. Let's go now to the second game on Saturday. Guardians. I know people love it when we say it like that, Bryant. At Renegades, Texas, all eyes on the state of Texas on Saturday in the XFL. We head over to Arlington, Dallas, welcoming New York. Eight-point favorite, 5 p.m. on Fox. Over-under is at 37. I'm taking the under. I think this is going to be a dog fight with Landry Jones out. 
Matt McGloin, full participant in practice, but what do you do at quarterback if you're Kevin Gilbride and the Guardians? What do you seriously? That's a question. Was that on the rundown? Hold on. Is it? It's no on way. the rundown. Oh my god! Come on. You have to ask There's that no question. Way it's not a question. You have to. You have Luis Perez won you a football game that he probably should not have won. Matt McGloin has not in the last few weeks. I'm going with Luis Perez. There's no, and you know what? Matt McGloin might be number three behind Marquise Williams, dude. To be 100 percent honest, uh, this game, <laughs> the ga- the battle of the red eyes. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, Dallas and New York. I think. Big things can happen for New York. This could be a trajectory leap for them. And taking advantage of Landry Jones being out, we saw how this team, the Dallas Renegades, performs without Landry Jones. We see them how they performed with Landry Jones. Uh, we've also seen how they perform without him. So I'm going to take uh, the New York Guardians in this one, uh, 27 to 12. Yeah, I like New York uh, to win as well, Bryant. I got them 12 to 9. And uh, I think they're going to – Quickly, they're quick already for me. I feel like they are a team that is equipped to win ugly. And Kevin Gilbride as their coach is kind of, it's been his MO at times, especially back in the day with the Giants. They didn't always have the prettiest wins, even though they had good records. Um, I Yeah, I, I mean, you, I just asked the question because I feel like that's we you know have what? to, but we all are going to say Perez that he won <sighs> the game. But I think New York is going to win this game by taking the ball away. And with Philip Nelson in there for Dallas, I don't feel like – He's able to move the ball uh, without I – mean, he won't take the risks Landry Jones was taking, but then because he doesn't take the risks and he kind of seems like he might be timid uh, with his decision-making, they're not going to move the ball the way they did with Landry Jones. And New York, I think, is built to stop the run. I mean, their D-line with, uh, J- with J.O., you got Jarrell Owens last week, uh, they're – they're set up, I think, to ma- they match up well with their defense against this offense. Sands Landry Jones, a guy who's going to at least take the chances. And then you couple that with opportunistic DBs on New York, Jamar Summers. It feels like a similar matchup, really, for New York when they went to St. Louis to me. But it's Philip Nelson at quarterback, not okay, Jordan. Wait a minute. Not Jordan Tamu. Don't say that. <laughs> you didn't let me a finish. Similar my... matchup, and they got destroyed. They got destroyed. I don't care yes. what your next sentence. Ah, you didn't let me finish my sentence. Okay, <laughs> Philip Nelson is the second part of my sentence. It's a similar matchup. Teams that are, they're playing a team that has a good defense in Dallas and a, an offense that likes to run the ball, but the quarterback of this team is Philip Nelson, not Jordan Tamu. And I think New York coming off of a victory, not a loss like they did going to St. Louis as well. A little bit more confident and capable. That's why I'm picking them to win a very close, probably ugly game. And that's the big difference. I just don't believe Philip Nelson is going to be able to move the ball on this New York defense. Josh Johnson was having a difficult time doing that last week, Bryant. That's why I'm picking him. And that's why it's similar to the St. Louis game. Dallas and St. Louis, I feel are very similar foes for New York. You don't see that? The defense is Yeah, no, I just I, I just changed my mind completely on this game. I don't think in the middle New of York, me talking. Yeah, you you just kind of flipped me actually cuz New York you you talk about a team that is not playing to its defensive capabilities, meaning they're holding teams down in points wise. Like if you think about it, they're really not getting scored on that much they 20 points to a dc defenders team which i think there was a pick six in that game um they didn't let tampa bay score a touchdown um 
LA last week, only 14 points and they can't find a win. And now they got to travel all the way to Dallas. Dallas is going to run the ball way better than the LA did last week. I guarantee that. And Philip Nelson's probably not going to have to do it. He's going to ha- Jordan Tamu in that game, Alan, that you mentioned with the St. Louis Battlehawks didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. And they still won that game. That's exactly what's going to happen with the Dallas Renegades. I'm flipping my pick and I'm flipping it significantly. I'm going 25 to 12 Dallas Renegades. Wow. In the middle of the show, he flipped his own pick. That's big. Uh, I like New York to win ugly. And Cam Jordan of the New Orleans Saints will be on the sideline for this game, too, for Fox Bryant, which should make the broadcast of this game very interesting. you got a, a active NFLer, a baller, a badass in the NFL, roaming the sidelines. I, I can't wait to see what he brings personality-wise, and I cannot wait to see uh, New York uh, really make us all forget the turmoil they were in a couple weeks ago. If they win this one, it's season, that's season changing. That flips it, and... In a season that could go one way or the other each and every single week, it's been different in the XFL. It's really tough to gauge some of these teams, but room for that happening is running out now that we're in week five, Brian. It's going to start shortening and shortening, and you know, with the win here, New York puts themselves in a pretty good position. Dallas, of course, is going to try to keep pace with Houston if they can, but really they're focused on just making sure that they're still ahead of Seattle and L.A., so pretty important game even though this game is not – Inner division, uh, but yeah, I like it. I like that we're we're deferring. What did Vince and Jake pick on this one? Yeah, so Vince has the uh, plus eight for the Guardians. Uh, Alan, like you said, the Guardians as well, straight up. And Jake and I agree, the uh, Dallas Renegades. I just don't. I, I know I flipped it. And I feel bad. I feel bad, but I but it just doesn't make any sense. I couldn't do it anymore. What Can't go I, on a limb all the time. What if I told you that? You got to remember the chant, Guardians. That's not going to sweep. I don't think. No. No. Okay. And that's why our New York viewership is probably really low because they keep doing that. They love it. <laughs> they, I was I was at the game last week. They were all doing it. That's how everybody says it. Whether you like it or not, Guardians and their mascot's new official name, Gotham. He will not be making the trip, Gotham, to this game. Uh, Stone. Did we go? Do we go over injuries in that game? We did. I guess Landry Jones is the big one you got to pay attention to. He's out. Philip Nelson's in. Can he get the W for Dallas over New York when they travel 5 p.m. for week five, a matchup between XFL East and West opponents? And that game will be on Fox on Saturday. Now we go to Sunday, Bryant. FS1 at 3 p.m. Battlehawks will kaka and try to lay down the law in the nation's capital where they write all the laws against the D.C. defenders. And the D.C. defenders are three-and-a-half-point dogs at home in Audi Field, a place they have not lost yet because their first two games where everything was coming up D.C. was there, but all of a sudden they find themselves a two-and-two team. The over-under in this one is 39, and uh, like we said earlier, Matt Elam, gone from the D.C. Defenders. They also have Doran Grant, who did not practice as of Thursday, uh, this live on tape recording of the podcast. So changes at DB could be coming to the Defenders. Will that open it up for Jordan Tamu? Will that entice Jonathan Hayes to let Tamu throw the ball down the field? Or will they rely on 
their two running backs. Actually, throw Keith Ford in the mix, too. He looked pretty good, too, last week, Bryant. But Jones and Michael, uh, they both took it easy in practice. We'll see what their status is. But as of Thursday, those guys were limited or not practicing. I, I don't know if that's precautionary or what, but so many weapons and so much variety on this offense for the Battlehawks. And with how bad the D.C. defense has looked, I mean, I don't know how you could pick D.C. Even coming home, I have St. Louis winning 25-16. How can you pick D.C.? What are the ways you can pick D.C.? If you look at it in this sense, Alan, uh, St. Louis has played two games on the road, two games at home, like every other team pretty much in this league. And they've performed well at home against two bad, bad teams. What does that tell me? It tells me that when they're on the road and they have to play a team like, uh, I don't know, the Houston Roughnecks, you know, they, they they might perform, but they get beat. And now DC's headed home where they are comfortable, where they've where they where they're back home. They haven't had to be on the road for two weeks, traveling across the country from DC to LA to Tampa. I think Cardell Jones is 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 showing that he is passionate about what's going on, and I think that'll translate on the field this week. He ain't ready. Um, can can DC actually perform enough to win this game? I think their defense needs to shape up quite a bit uh, to be that defense from the first two weeks of the season. And I just – it's that gut feeling again, and I'm going with it. I think the D.C. defenders uh, take first place in this game from the St. – what? From the St. Louis Battlehawks, 25-22. to Wow, you took two outright underdog winners then, huh, with your your taking – Seattle and now you're taking DC. You're going bold this week, Brian. I like I like that you have the cojones to do this. But I <laughs> I are you basing this also on the fact that this is the XFL and we've seen a lot of just from one week to another well, things just, have changed it's the drastically. XFL and anything can happen in the XFL and it's something that we've seen. Things can change dramatically, drastically. Whatever uh hyperbole you want to use to fill in what we see every single week because you know like i said dc two horrible weeks and here they are with the opportunity to play for first place first place and control this division going in uh to to uh to weeks uh six what so if I, what if i DC. told you what if i told you that as a you know since we wrote the put the rundown together a little bit earlier uh the line's gone up now to four and a half for st louis change your <laughs> mind can we change your mind on another I know. pick no, no, four and a half is what Vince went on, and that's fine. It was. I think, I think that's all betters. That's all better. That's all action. It has nothing to do with the actual uh, spread of the game. I just don't. I, I'm giving DC the benefit of the doubt. The Pep Hamilton is a great coach. We've seen it happen. The players are good. They have the weapons. We've seen them. They just need to put it all together. You have no faith in DC now. Not to win. I don't. I have. I think DC could definitely salvage their season and get back to what where they were in the first two weeks i i love st louis right now i was i mean they i had people online trying to convince me to put them number one in the power rankings and i i'll admit i mean i thought about it for a split second they're very good i don't think they're i'm not putting them ahead of houston just yet but the thing about DC is, like, I don't know. I'm not even positive they'll even show up for the game based off what I've seen oh the last two weeks. Oh, my God. Sit down. Are you sitting down? Sit down. I'm sitting down. You could see me. I'm sitting <laughs> here comfortably. Well, stand up and sit down. 
I'm sitting here comfortably knowing that I've watched the D.C. defenders go out there and let Dan Williams run all over their team, uh, sideline to sideline, and then truck them all for a few extra yards. I saw Jacques Patrick just stand up their linebackers, wait for his O-lineman to push him forward a few extra yards. And then the week before that, I saw them go cross-country and get, what's the word we used? Mollywopped. Mollywopped. By, by the L.A. Wildcats, who basically had a house impromptu house party on their sidelines as they were whooping on the D.C. defenders. Six and to the board. Six to the board. And then the, that happened in L.A. Then last week, I don't know if you saw this, during Pep Hamilton's post-game press conference, you couldn't even hear him talk because the Vipers were celebrating so loudly after getting their first win. I mean, if, if the last two weeks – Aren't, aren't sticking in your craw if you're Pep Hamilton and the D.C. Defenders and you're that all their fans, everybody involved with the team, if you don't have the biggest chip on your shoulder coming home, if you aren't laser-focused this week, if you aren't prepared to at least show up and compete in the game because you have not done that the last two weeks, if you can't go out there and do that this week, I don't know what else is going to light a fire and get you motivated to do it. So I would hope they show up. I would hope they have that fire. I know that you're saying there's no way they can't with all that going on with the team. So I understand that. But then I also think about what they're facing St. Louis, a team, seven total touchdowns allowed, and four of those were to Houston, to one team. Which, which says that if a team can get the ball rolling offensively against this team, they'll be able to score. And we've seen the D.C. defenders. We've seen Pep Hamilton Not get down there. Not close the to Houston. They don't look Well, no, well, but, no. But, but you've also seen St. Louis beat the Seattle Dragons, the New York Guardians, and a uh, Landry Jones-less uh, Dallas Renegades. Now, really, the only team that has been giving them any sort of fit, any sort of competition, was the Houston Roughnecks, and they lost. So let's not give the St. Louis Battlehawks all this credit that they're all this high and mighty team. They faced three bad teams out of their four, especially with the Dallas Renegades not having Landry Jones. So I'm not giving them all the credit. There's no way I'd put them number one on my power rankings based on the teams that they've played. This is going to be a good challenge. It's going to be on the road in D.C. D.C. is going to have a big chip on their shoulder. They want to prove to everyone that they're part of the powerhouses in the East. That's why I'm picking D.C. There's too many factors in D.C.'s favor for this game not to happen for them. And if they don't win, then I'll just mention it. Dallas, yeah, you won't. That's see, that's smart. But I (laughs) I, see, I'm going to remember you saying this and the Seattle thing today, and I'm bringing that up on on Tuesday morning. You bet it. Uh, I can't believe you called Dallas a bad team. Not a bad team. Without Landry Jones, come on. We'll, f- we'll find out against New York for them. Uh, one thing that might bode well for D.C. is the fact that St. Louis, as good as their D is, they don't hit and sack the quarterback a whole lot, so maybe Cardell will have some time to breathe and be cool and smart with the ball. Maybe lift that Sonic the Hedgehog curse. I don't know. But I got a nine-point win for St. Louis in this one on the road. Brian, what did Jake and Vince say? Uh, Jake Vince has the DC defenders with the plus point four, uh, 4.5, excuse me. And uh, Jake is with you uh, having the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks win this game straight up. So we'll see. It's, it, we, so far, friend, you and I are complete opposites this entire weekend. We might I not like be it. talking. Recaps are canceled, maybe. <laughs> the whole recap of this game might just be me cacawing for 10 minutes. <laughs> St. Louis will travel to D.C. on Sunday at 3 p.m., and that game will air on FS1. It is 
for XFL East Supremacy here in week number five. Brings us to our final game, the latest kickoff in the history of the XFL, Bryant. Vipers at Wildcats, one and a half point favored for LA at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. That's a 6 p.m. local time kickoff. You're going to be there as the sun is right level with your eyeballs and you're watching the Wildcats take on the Vipers. 40 and a half point over under in this one. And I love this matchup. And this was definitely the hardest game for me to pick. I love it, though. I'm looking at it, and the injury report, it might sway me. You got Nick Truesdale back for in practice for Tampa. And, they're, and I love Trestman's now with Cornelius. Even though Murray's practicing again, go with Cornelius again. Like that call. And then you got a kicker out for L.A. Nick Novak, who wasn't very good last week, had one blocked but also missed one. They've signed Giorgio Tavecchio, who has some NFL kicking experience. But they also have Nelson Spruce still not practicing. Bryant, Trey Williams, the linebacker at Auburn, he's still not practicing. Also, statistically, if you look at where these teams, L.A. is bad on run D, last in the league. Tampa Bay, best run game in the league. That really is going to push me towards picking Tampa Bay in this one, even though no team has ever traveled cross-country yet in the XFL and won a game. 0-4 our teams doing that. I'm going Tampa Bay to win 20-18. to 20-18 to 18, a close one there in L.A. Allen, I think there's a lot of injuries for L.A. Nick Novak, you're saying, out for the season. Nelson Spruce still bothered by that knee uh Devin Taylor don't forget him he was a big factor we saw that injury actually happen in front of our eyes if I'm not mistaken uh when we were watching that game uh he came up limp on that uh uh looked like a hamstring more than anything but traveling all the way across country playing a late game 9 p.m eastern that's late I don't even think NFL play play games played are played that late anywhere in the world I I you're right in the sense that everything is coming up Tampa Bay right now based on the way they've played the last two weeks. L.A. seems to be a better football team with Josh Johnson at helm, at the helm. Uh, they're leading the league, I believe, in passing yards per game, uh, but they're last in rushing yards per game, so there's a lot of question marks there. I'm putting this simply on the fact that the Tampa Bay Vipers are going to have a long ways to go across the country. Uh, they're playing late. I think Tampa – Tampa's woes in the red zone might bite them again in this game. I'm like in LA. I like LA in this game. I'm going to go with them. Uh, 30 to 22. So you have an eight point victory for LA at home. You really feel like the a 9 PM that's a defense travels dog. Jerry Glanville's defense going to travel. I don't see 30 points. Jerry Glanville, you think you think nights are dark in Tampa? Wait until you get to L.A. He's not going to be able to see anything. Yeah, with He's those glasses see on. Ah, man, I can't wait till Jerry Glanville goes and Hollywood. Those are the things that Vegas doesn't tell you about. Is Jerry Glanville's shades are going to completely uh, be messing him up? I, I I think he's got like a RoboCop thing going on right there, or like he's got like Terminator vision, something that he's got like stats he's reading and his sunglasses when he's wearing those because his defense is the best in the league right now against the against the run and the pass yardage wise uh 237 through the air per game 156 on the ground per game or excuse me 
Flip that the other way. 237 total per game, 156 through the air, 80 yards on the ground per game. LA's run game already kind of anemic as of late. Uh, the Vipers' defense is impressive. They f- Just because, like we said, snake bit maybe those first few weeks, but a different mentality. We heard Dan Williams on the show earlier. He said it was surreal because they felt there was like some sort of hurdle some something just keeping them from punching through because when you succeed in moving the football and you feel it you feel like you're a good team you're just not getting the w's they get it and that can that just changes it snowball effect i see that happening especially when you're you got a defense that does what they do in terms of keeping teams you know in check three and outs and all jerry glanville getting after quarterbacks that right side of the offensive line for L.A. has been prone to giving up some sacks we've seen. I like Tampa Bay in that regard. It, just statistically, everything t- appears to be in Tampa Bay's favor. But also, I don't want to discount Josh Johnson at home. Josh Johnson, with a whole week of practice, pissed off because he felt like I felt like he was angrier than anybody after last week, Bryant. I definitely don't see L.A. going away easy. Way more than Cardell. No, yeah, way more. <laughs> Josh Johnson... I could see the steam coming out of his ears last week. He was so mad. Just they had some missed opportunities. I mean, Cardell, they were never in it. <laughs> they were just just making mistakes <laughs> left and right. Uh, but I have Tampa Bay by two points in this one. I think it's going to be the closest game of the weekend. Um, but, I I mean, you picked Tampa Bay to go to the win the championship. So well, I'm was still before stick- the season started. I'm too. still sticking with them going to the title game. So I like I, I like where they're at in that regard too so I'm, that's why i'm going to stick with them here as much as i'll admit i want to see la to win this game i want to see uh a, a la house party on the sidelines again because that was maybe the highlight of the season so far but uh Tampa i definitely bay can history. see this i could definitely see this game being a uh houston roughnecks tampa bay part two with some uh, gunslinging out there uh, josh johnson's a good quarterback and he makes some good plays and norm child's calling a good offense no probably no uh nelson spruce uh, but there's still plenty of weapons there. Uh, we're going to see some Randy Orton poses too. Don't forget. Jordan Smallwood gets in the end zone. You yeah, bet Jordan we Smallwood. will. And then Mr. Parker. And who knows what Winston Moss will say. You want it? Down. I'm going to give it to you right now. L.A. and Tampa Bay, baby. A 9 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Uh, I'll be. I'm, it's going to be late here on the East Coast, but I'm going to be wearing my shades like Jerry Glanville. Might put on some cowboy boots and uh, enjoy this one thoroughly. <laughs> and it'll be on ESPN and it's going to it's going to round out a week number 5 that I I expect to be as as nuts as week 4, week 3 were Bryant. I feel like I feel like this week you just go with the opposite of what you really everyone is expecting because we have seen that the opposite has been happening a lot the last 2 weeks at least. <laughs> uh real quick Alan LA uh Vince is saying we'll I'll be fine given two and a half. Uh, you're the only one with the Vipers. Me and Jake are going with the Wildcats. It was that kind of week, I feel like. You know, it, it was one of those weeks where I felt like anything can happen, just like every other week in this league. And I don't know, man, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to sit there and be like, I want Seattle. I, I, I want Seattle to win this game because I want them to stay close. I want these playoff matchups to go all the way through week 10. I want this to happen because if Houston keeps winning, Ah, you know what's going to happen week eight week nine week 10 but seattle can make it close uh houston might lose a step st louis might not win to dc like all these things are, are factors that 
like I said, if you told me in week three that DC was going to have the two weeks that they had, I would have told you you're out of your mind. But that's what happens, and, and that's what I'm excited to see, man. Yeah, I'm not going to really uh, invest in anything being for certain in the XFL for as much as we've learned the last couple of weeks, except probably the fact that for sh- I'm very – I haven't. I didn't put a lock on anything this week, but I guess I got to go back to Houston. I just like what June Jones and that. You team said it doing. wasn't your lock. I'm so confused. I'm, I'm going back. Is it is my has lock. the most points. Is Mid- it because sure. you had the biggest margin of victory? No, no. It just. <laughs> I just like June Jones versus Jim Zorn matchup. I think that's really plays into Houston's favor. But who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong, and you could call me out on it. Tuesday is going to be an interesting show. We defer on a lot of stuff here, and. I mean, even All more. Them, every single game we've been on the opposite ends of the spectrum here. It's going to be an interesting weekend. We're going to be texting each other. Somebody, whether it be me or you, could be three, four, five games up. Even better is four. the power rankings. What the hell are those going to look like whenever <laughs> we finish week five? I know how difficult it was for some people after week four, Brian, but uh, another tremendous episode, another uh, fun way to get ready for another week of XFL football. It's uh, it's spring break for, for a lot of kids across the country in colleges. So they're just oh, yeah. getting ready for it. And, and football's going on while, while spring break's going on. This is awesome. Or as they say, lit. Or as uh, the Fang L-I-T. Gang or as the Fang Gang says in Tampa, this is hisserific. I don't Ooh, know if they no, say no, that. No, let's not do that. <laughs> this is – I'm getting hysterical right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we better we better uh, end the show now. Man, let's end the show and let's get out of here. Uh, <laughs> football fans, thanks for another uh, great episode again. Uh, if you're listening to us for the first time or if you're telling your friends, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast uh, app, whether it be Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever you prefer. Also, are you good there? Uh, also, I was catch us on XFL.com. Platforms, you know, it's okay. visual elements. Also, of the catch show. us on XFL. Stop. You're, you're messing me up. There's the one thing that I got to do all episode. You're messing me up. Also, catch us on XFL.com or on YouTube.com slash XFL, the official YouTube page of the XFL. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show. You did a good job, but you got you got to stop tripping up. We have the visual element now, so I'm going to try to distract you. You know, it's part of the game you got you're gotta still be doing ready. the normal job i gotta control the whole thing you gotta be ready and you gotta have order i feel i'm in order and if, if you ever feel like you're out of order get that xfl app on your phone and then you'll be in order and you'll be have it having everything in front of you for another wild and buck nutty weekend in the xfl week number five everybody enjoy it and we will reconvene for some recaps on the games and of course on Tuesday morning when we have another big edition of this podcast. Thanks to all the people who called into the XFL fan line, 724-565-4XFL. If you want to call in over the weekend, maybe get your voice on the show, you are welcome to do so. And, of course, you are welcome to enjoy some football because that's what I plan on doing, baby. And let's, You know what? How about this weekend? Let's make it not six to the board. Nine to the board. Go for three this weekend, everybody. When you have a shot. How about instead of six to the board, Alan? Instead of six to the board, how about hiss to the board? Hiss to the board. (laughs) See, now now, Bryant's getting, he's getting hysterical. Hiss, hiss, 
Baby is probably in need of some attention now. So don't you think we should end the oh, show the now? You got a baby, man. Come on. What are you doing? Oh, Jeez. Let's get well, out of here. All right. right. Have then, a baby. Let's get out of here. He has a baby. We're going to make history this weekend in the XFL, hitting the halfway point. We'll see everybody next time. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.